Hey everybody, this is Alex Merced from alexmerced.com, just random libertarian coding dude guy. Uh, don't really hold any kind of uh, title or formal thing. I'm just I'm just a commentator these days. I'm just me. But um, I figured I wanted to comment on some internal Libertarian Party stuff. I did in the last episode. Essentially, I was commenting on a tweet regarding child labor in my previous episode. Uh, or it might have been one or two episodes ago. Um, and I kind of gave my whole spiel sort of like on the tweet and on the actual like substance of the issue itself. Uh, so if you want to, if you care to hear that, go back to that episode. I think uh, I laid it out fairly well. Um, but in this episode, I want to just talk about like some escalation that's occurred. So I'm going to try to be sort of as a, you know, people always get upset when you use the word objective or neutral because when they feel very passionate about a wrong, they feel very passionate ab about a conflict, okay, um, they, they feel that like neutrality or objectivity is, is tacit consent or, or not caring about uh, the situation. Okay, which is, at least in my case, furthest from the truth. I, I care. I care deeply. Um, the reason I always try to, to, to center myself from neutrality and objectivity is because I want to be able to clearly see, you know, what lessons can be learned. Because you can't change when conflicts occur. You can't change if, like, conflicts are about to occur. Like, certain things are going to happen. The question is, can, do they need to repeat themselves? Do they need to... Can we learn from them? Okay, and can we learn... What can we learn? So that's what I'm going to be focusing on here. Um, from a high level, things that I think are learning points in, in recent conflicts. Not necessarily take sides or condemn anyone. Um, one, because I have no power to. My opinion really doesn't matter in this particular situation. Um, you know, it's not my state party. I'm no longer part of the LNC. Um, to sit there and try to sway people's opinion to be angry at one person over the other doesn't seem very productive. So uh, none of these things seem very like useful uses of my time or useful uses of your time listening to me. Um, so the LNC will do what they do and the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire will do what they do. Uh, I always, of course, wish them the best. But essentially what happened is that um, you have a, you had sort of a changing of the guard over there in, Liberta in the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. Uh, the result uh, created a lot of conflict between sort of like old guard, new guard kind of thing. Very different difference in view of sort of the mission, whatnot. Um, what the purpose of the party is, how to use the party, uh, resulting in the schism that essentially uh, theoretically fractured the party into two organizations and others. There's a dispute between which organization is the legitimate organization. Um, this is something we've seen happen in Oregon. We've seen it happen in actually recently in New York for different reasons. Okay, point is there's always just some, some sort of disagreement. Uh, and oftentimes, like, oftentimes, like, there's, like, the lines are blurry. The lines are fuzzy. So everyone, and then everyone tries to act like the lines are much clearer than they are. Um, regardless of how you feel about one side or the other. Okay, so, again, I, you could feel like one side is sort of like the more righteous side, but there still be fuzziness and sort of like their decisions made or, or tactics used and vice versa. It's just, again, it's complicated. Okay, the things that are clear are clear and the things that are unclear are unclear. Um, but point is like this conflict happens. Um, 
But what I think it points to is just sort of like the greater challenges of an organization scaling, whether you are uh, at a national level, and this could be applied to parties, this could be applied to businesses, this could be applied to subgroups within an organization like a, like a party. Um, there's a problem with scaling. Like when an organ, like, okay, I guess lesson number one is scaling deliberately. Like the problem is like when you first start a thing, okay, again, a party, a subgroup, a business or whatever, you usually start with a small group of people and that small group of people you trust, you know, they trust you, you all believe in the same mission. Um, and that's great. Like you all, um, you know, are able to kind of make sure that your your sort of your messaging, everything's kind of a united front at first. But of course, to grow, you have to get more people involved, uh, to get more resources, to get more la like labor, people who actually can put their feet on the ground and get things done. Problem is, you can only know and trust and vet so many people. So especially if you're on a national scale where you can like physically meet people and whatnot, um, you don't have time to have, especially as you, as you begin to become successful, you, the demands on your time become difficult, difficult to vet every person, to be involved in every conversation, to really get to know, is everybody who's joining your thing, is everybody who, who's volunteering to step up in different ways, uh, do they truly believe in your mission? Do they truly understand what you're trying to do? Do they really truly uh, get it? Um, in order to continue the organization, to sort of be what it was, okay? And this is a challenge that oral organizations have, okay? Basically, as more people get involved, it's harder to kind of keep the organizational focus, okay? And there's a couple different ways of, of dealing with this, okay? But all of them have costs, okay? But again, I think what happens is that as you get, as you spread out, as you sprawl out, as, you're, as, the, as that group becomes wider reaching, uh, the vetting process gets weaker. And then you do end up having people put into places of power, uh, having authority over different organizational assets that use them poorly. Um, and now that that person is associated with your group and now you have a choice. You're, you're presented with a weird situation. Like you, you know, the do you disavow the person? Do you disavow what they're doing? Or do you, you know, do something? Do you take some sort of action which to your group may feel like and again, a lot of times, especially in the early stages of a group, loyalty is a very high priority because at the, in, the, in the beginning days, there isn't much you have. There isn't much money. There isn't much. It's just people and loyalty. There comes a point where loyalty is no longer the only thing you have. There's also things like reputation. Uh, there's things like um, perceptions and and vision and, and, and the mission. Okay? And then... There comes a point where you have to sort of be like, okay, where, how, how far does loyalty go when it comes to the long-term mission, not necessarily like little squabbles here and there, and being focused on different side agendas uh, that might exist for that organization. And um, basically how you address those can have, you know, if you choose the side of saying, okay, you'll be loyal to, loyal to everyone in your, everyone, regardless of whether they acted wisely or unwisely or damaged your mission or damaged your reputation, um, you'll have, you'll continue to maintain that loyalty and you'll have people who will fall on the sword for you. But also it can, um, and, I, and again, I've seen campaigns like this where there's like campaigns that are like true, like 
campaigns of personality where basically no one in that organization will treat all their that campaign will treat all their people be loyal to them no matter like if they say the most stupid things or do the stupid things um the problem is that it creates a ceiling because you you're then what happens all the actions of all your people become actions of the organization as a whole okay and again um i've seen this in many campaigns that are more like cult of personality type campaigns where a lot of people are like verisively and that's the thing like there's a difference between building an organization focused on a mission versus an organization focused on a passion um and the difference is like when you when you have people who join an organization just out of a, a, a feeling of passion they're willing to give their money they're willing to give their time but they can oftentimes be a, it's hard to continue building up because their identity becomes very tied up in the thing so the conversations that need to be had to kind of build bridges and grow something are difficult to have because it's sort of like a my way the highway thing because you're so passionate uh, sort of about the the fundamental thing and yes i am sort of talking very deliberately uh as vague as i can because i do think these lessons aren't applied in one particular situation these are lessons that can be applied to campaigns businesses whatnot because i've seen these trends over and over again Okay, but on the up, but then there's the other hand. Okay, what if you punish people who make mistakes too harshly? Okay, that's also a problem. Okay, because then, you know, people who are especially if they're volunteers, volunteering their time, volunteering their wealth, they're not giving you your their support to be judged per se. Okay, like that's not necessarily what people want. They don't they don't want to support a place that sort of judges them. Um, so you always run into the situation like, okay, you need more people, you need more support, you bring in support, it's hard to vet that support. Um, and then the, some of the people you bring into the fold, especially if you try, and that's, a, that's also the issue with like the speed of scaling, because this gets magnetized, the quicker you try to grow, the quicker you're going to run into these scaling issues where you might put the wrong people into the wrong places. And, and now you're forced to have to kind of address this sort of like, um, loyalty issue and the problem is like there's not really a good answer because again if you you punish people you know that other members get start questioning like well what happens when I make a mistake but then if you don't then it, you know everyone feels like they can just get away with anything and they know that the organization will protect them and then it basically becomes like a union um, and that's generally not a good trend um, you know so there's this delicate line but then again and then again at the top and that's why basically and that's why sort of a more decentralized organization doesn't matter like the more the top gets involved uh the more those kind of tough difficult scaling decisions uh fall on those at the top and and uh the more that their decisions end up reflecting and affecting how the entire body acts um there aren't easy answers to these questions um especially for political organizations where the passion where basically passion is a hard thing to kind of just kind of uh, rip apart from the fabric of what the organization's mission is. Okay, but again, you always have the question is like, what are you passionate about? In the political organization, the passion should always be about bettering people's lives. Um, I always get concerned when I get the sense, and it's oftentimes not necessarily like a whole group, but like individuals who sometimes passions may seem less so about, at least in a moment, again, in a moment, in a particular action, even if they may care about the mission, that their passions are more about winning in a sense like they're about beating a person about identifying a particular person sort of as their enemy and they got to defeat their enemy this is never a good trend because 
Um, what happens is that when your identity becomes wrapped up in defeating an enemy, then that enemy must always exist. I mean, the point is, why am I going to donate to you if there is no enemy? Or why am I going to continue volunteering if there's no enemy? So then you're, you're constantly having to redefine the enemy. You're constantly having to find stretches to, to, to villainize others, um, which I, you know, this is like, like war propaganda. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Um, in the same way we propagandize war and we cause war by basically always having to kind of create an enemy because, you know, the military industrial complex needs that in order to like continue justifying the need to, to buy weapons from governments because they need a target. Um, th that's not just left to war. It's also interorganizational. People decide, hey, we're going to wage war. And war is a great way to raise money, okay? When there's a conflict, the conflict is a great way to raise money, to motivate people to get involved. Um, because you say, hey, there's this enemy and we, we need your help to defeat them, okay? But the problem is the conflict can never end, okay? Um, and that's why war is bad. That's why, as a libertarian, I'm against war. But I'm not against just war, like governments warring against each other. I'm against war at all levels. Um, against interpersonal wars, whatnot, because wars can't end. The minute you are, your identity is tied up in a war, the war will always continue. And there's just no good end to that. Um, so that's like another thing, like why, what is the purpose of your organization? If your purpose, and or at least if the way the people who join your organization feels like they're part of a war, okay, you're gonna create a dynamic that in the long run is gonna be very dangerous. Okay, and again, sometimes you don't get to choose how other people feel about your organization as far as the people who participate. You may say, hey, this is what we're doing, but the reality may be something else, okay? I mean, there's a difference between what we say we are doing versus what other people think we are doing as they, as they participate. Um, yeah. And again, no one should ever be painted with a broad brush, but at the same time, if you are creating an organization, you do have to, at some level, hold each other accountable. Now, should this be done in the most vicious, vociferous, uh, shaming, you know, shaming, uh, excluding, exclusionary way possible? No. The way it should be done is by people being more involved in choosing their leaders and being more careful about choosing their leaders. So that way people don't have to be excluded. So that way people don't have to be shamed. Okay, the, at the end of the day, like, the rank and file, the rank and file. Like, now I'm a rank and file. My opinion doesn't matter. Like, no no one would say, like, at this point, if I say something, I don't generally, I try, I, I, I'm very careful about what I say. But, you know, if I said something completely wacky or un, not thoughtful, you know, I'm no longer, I, I'm, I would no longer be considered just speaking for the entire party as a whole. I'm just not involved in the decision-making apparatus as it is. And... And in that, but you want leaders who do realize that, like when they're in positions of leadership, they represent more than just themselves. Um, and that's that's important. Um, but again, that's so basically when you have conflicts that we're having now, it's it's a responsibility. It's everyone's fault because it was it was the fault. It's the fault of people not getting involved enough to to to, to, to clearly pick out the people who are in positions of power to vet the people who are in positions of power. Um, and that's to membership. So, I mean, if I were to really like put the blame on, on recent conflicts, it's, it's all of us. Cause well, a, lot, a lot of people are just more tied up in their personal vendettas on many sides than tied up in 
and treating battles of leadership as a way to square those agendas instead of just saying, okay, who is actually the best leader to be in, serve in this position, regardless of their uh, their affiliation, far as as an or from a, in, as organizationally whatnot, like who is going to serve in this role in the way it's meant to be served best as possible, and that's not the conversation now. It's like, is that person my guy or your guy, um, regardless of credentials, regardless of like, will they do the job? And until we get away from that. It doesn't matter. Like people can fight it out. People can, um, and you're gonna have these blowups once in a while. Like I, again, I'm not horrendously like concerned in the long run. Like it, 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 it sucks. It is what it is. Um, there's people doing good work, and I'd rather focus on people doing good work, and I'd rather focus on thinking more about more encouraging people to be more deliberate and more involved in deciding leadership and focusing on whether an individual candidate makes sense than sitting there and focusing so much on like are you allied with this person or that person or this group or that group or whatever it's it's not it's just not productive um and you know it sucks to see the lnc's time being wasted on this and seeing them bicker i've been i've been in those situations where it's like and you know like i love everybody and i remember like the feeling of being in the lnc when everyone's fighting and it's like you know that feeling when you're like the little kid and mommy and daddy are fighting and you're like i just want everyone to get along it's like why is this my fault <laughs> it's like um i get it i get it i get it i've been there um but it's really like this isn't the stuff that you know and i don't know if there were i can't think of a good way to handle the situation. When I think of every way the LNC could respond, whether by doing nothing, and then if you say, okay, hey, they, they, they should be neutral, but what does neutrality mean? You know, like, if if neutrality means treating both both sides of the schism as not the schism until, like, there's some sort of reconciliation, then it's like, okay, withdrawing, like, national support, but people wouldn't see that as neutral because everyone has, like, their preferred outcome. So, like, no act, no matter how you try to be neutral, wouldn't be treated as neutral. Because people see anything that is not giving them the outcome that they want as an act against them in this heat, um, in the heat of the moment. Okay, when so it's hard to make sober decisions, hard to take sober actions in this kind of environment, um, and that's unfortunate. So I, I I give everyone in the LNC like, you know, I send I'm sending them my heart because I know these are not. These are not fun moments. Um, and to the people in Libertarian Party and H, throughout, to all the people who legitimately care about the Libertarian Party being a party that fields candidates that are Libertarian Party candidates and want to build up a Libertarian Party that organizationally can work and be successful, to those people, regardless of what side you're on, my heart goes out to you. If you're someone who just sees the Libertarian Party as a means to an ends, to, to be an asset to other parties, to be some some sort of uh, tool for a personal agenda, then... But again, there's no... I Everyone wants to make this about groups. There are individuals who fall in these categories and there are individuals who don't, um, affiliated with like also different groups and spaces. So it's, it's not so simple, and it just isn't. And I know people want to make it that simple, but it isn't. Um, you know, I've met people on all sides and I've met people who I think are really great, uh, great activists, great hard workers who really care about the organization as a whole, 
affiliated with like all the different sort of subgroups within the Libertarian Party. Okay, um, people who lean left, lean right, don't lean at all. Um, you know, who genuinely care about the Libertarian Party as an organization and care about building it up. But I've also met people who, you know, have other concerns, have other priorities on all sides. And it's not about equivalency. Like some of the things that were the problem are very deep problems. Those, and I think some of the problems that we saw, some of, especially some of the more like questionable messaging, I mean, very questionable messaging um, was very questionable. And like, I think it would be the, in the, it would be, if I were in the leadership of some organization, you know, I would find it smart to make it to make it very clear that that messaging is not what the organization is about okay whether a national whether an organization or an organization within within an organization that would to me be the smart thing to do okay um and there has to be sort of some level some boundaries but at the end of the day like everyone's making it about basically using this as an excuse to paint whoever is paint different groups of people with a broad brush instead of focusing on the people who like legitimately like cross lines and should be addressed and not making it about instead of making this as just a continuation of grudges and, and long-standing uh, feuds uh, and that always bothers me that's why I generally I, I generally avoid commenting and that's why I'm not necessarily like overtly taking any kind of side because there really isn't like a good answer the only thing that's it's clear is that like I can say clearly is like as a party we should stay there's just no reason to 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 embrace divisive messaging whether when especially especially when a world can borderline is seen borderline as bigotry um i think there are certain issues that we can be you know that are important like are legitimate libertarian positions but you also ask yourself sort of like where the country's at like if you're a political organization you're trying to make an appeal to the public for your views so you have to kind of see where they're at but also think about hey these are issues maybe they aren't aware of that are issues but also think about like what can be changed and what would be the, the 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 actual like amount of change that would actually happen okay don't just you know choose an issue because you know it's going to like make people angry because that's not productive okay there are sometimes you want like there are times you need to be bold like especially when it comes to like things like war and and certain economic issues because what's at stake is fairly large okay like being sort of bold or edgy when it comes to like things like war um sometimes it's called for because again there's a large amount at stake um but again you 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 want to bend a stick but you don't necessarily want to break a stick um but pushing really hard on issues where if you take a look at the like actual like law like there's already a tremendous like there's there's flexibility that technically like what you would gain is fairly not significant or wouldn't make necessarily a huge difference um but it's very easy place to provoke people um that just seems like a waste of time um but yeah i'm gonna stop now because this is just kind of i've been meandering for a while but i just want to say some things that hopefully can be taken by everybody in the sense that I want it to be taken in, 
which is in the sense that there are lessons to be learned regardless of who you are and what position you are there are lessons you can learn from this that if you legitimately want to make the libertarian party a great organization that you can learn from this and build that you can go continue on the feuds and continue the fights and continue the whatever that's on you okay like i'm, I'm not going to tell anyone to, to start or stop that it's you know at the end of the day like if people don't want to do the thing then they're not going to do the thing um and don't let people distract you like if you're doing good work don't get distracted by other petty fights okay and then again where you do care is be there when it comes time to choose leaders and regardless of who's in your camp don't just nominate someone in your camp unless they're qualified because it is just as damaging to have a poor candidate in your camp win an election as it's to lose an election okay so uh point is like you know choose your leaders wisely um because again especially if you mix will you keep like ask basically go into elections asking yourself like what is you want for the future and focusing on people who have that vision instead of saying okay hey you chose to ally with me so we will get you elected or i want to make sure this person doesn't get elected so let's make sure we feel the candidate like don't don't do that that's not that doesn't serve anybody it gives you know might give you some fun tweets but it doesn't doesn't serve anybody so uh my name is alex Merced from alexmerced.com nowadays mostly a coder but i still occasionally have some opinions here and there so I'll leave it at that. Have a great day and enjoy.